Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with Brittany Peterson, a professional trail runner for Nike based in Pocatello, Idaho, who is returning to the Western States 100 after a second place finish at this event in 2019 and a fourth place finish in 2021. Before we get started, though, this episode of Single Track is brought to you by Soar Running. Soar Running, that's S-O-A-R Running, are a London-based high-performance running apparel brand. Why am I excited to partner with Soar? Well, if you're like me, you take pride in your running gear and you want the best. That's why I'm stoked about this brand. They are pushing the running apparel boundaries when it comes to producing gear that we care about, like wet and cold weather layers and racing kits. I'm also excited because they are finally moving into the trail running space. After years in the figurative lab, they have launched a trail-specific clothing line that I've had a chance to test, specifically their half-zip t-shirts, trail race vests, and trail shorts, all out on multi-hour runs in my backyard of the Wasatch Range. This apparel is the real deal. If you want help getting kitted out for your training and racing needs, Soar is offering us an exclusive 20% savings at SoarRunning.com. All you got to do is enter the code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout, but act fast. This code is only valid through June and July. I'm stoked, people, and I care about you all. I wouldn't be endorsing something if I didn't believe in it and use it myself, so go check out Soar Running when you get a chance. With that, let's get on with the show. Brittany Peterson, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. So given that you are a veteran of Western states at this point, I'm curious, what is your mindset like this close to the race? Oh, I mean, Western states just brings a different experience every time um, so far anyway. So, so I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I still get the nerves, the butterflies, the anxieties of wondering how the race will unfold. But at the same time, it's hay is in the barn and it's, start gathering as much excitement as I can. Can you talk about what you've done in preparation differently this time around? I mean, you've had great performances in the past, so I'm just curious, are you are you constantly tinkering or um, are you relying a lot on what's worked to get you, for example, second place a couple of years back? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, even from 2019 to 2021, the buildup, as much as I tried to replicate it, just... You, you can't really replicate your buildup, or I haven't found that I've been able to. So I feel like this year has been super smooth, but it's I have a different coach this year. So naturally, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's been kind of similar foundation with some different tweaks, which I'm excited to see how that goes. And it looks like, for example, you've spent quite a bit of time on the course, like this spring, has that been a new addition to the preparation? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time on the course each year, but, um, uh, my coach is AJW and he obviously loves Western States. So he's been saying, yeah. you know, get on the course as much as you can. So that's why I did, um, my spring break for school. I went, I was training for canyons at the time, but the whole point of that was to be on the course. And then once I got out of school, I spent two and a half weeks down there and then have been back down there since then trying to heat train. So, so I think that's always part of it is just be on the course, but even more so with AJW, cause that's, that's his baby. I think given that you've had, Hey, you, you just have a lot of racing under your belt. You've had a lot of success in the sport. Are you able to get a sense towards the end of a training block about what performance is going to look like on race day? Like, are you feeling 
pretty confident. Do you have any expectations? Do you have any goals for, for this year's race? Um, I, I kind of play, I should be better, but I, I kind of play like the ignorance is bliss where I don't like to compare, you know, certain things or metrics from year to year, but I do have a general idea because I've done certain workouts, um, I guess from year to year. So, so it's, it's so hard where, I mean, whenever I taper my body and my brain just kind of fall apart a little bit. So it's, I never trust that because I always, I, I kind of joke that, Oh, if I feel like crap, then obviously that means I must do okay. So like, that's the normal for me. But, but yeah, I mean a little bit, like I definitely know that I, one of my peak runs, I, I had a really good run this year. So I feel like fitness is where I want it to be and just trying to get the proper headspace to go with that. And when it comes to a racing standpoint, are you somebody that likes to run your own race or do you like to be influenced by what's happening around you and particular runners in the field and and staying towards the front, for example? Um, I, you know, my running style, I just feel like I've never been able to go out super hot where I think that's an advantage for me or it has been where I Mm. just, I can't run out at the front like some of the women like to or do. Um, but I, so, so I think that fosters, you know, just running my own race, especially in the hundred mile distance where, you know, so much in Western States in particular with the heat and everything, like so much can happen that being patient and all of that pays off. But, but I also, I kind of blend the two. I think I like to know what's going on and I, I have people that I kind of have expectations for, or kind of know where I want to be compared to them or whatever, Um, those are usually the anxieties running through my head of just how will the race unfold, but you just can't predict it until you get out there. It sounds like patience is one of them, but are there any other lessons that you learned in previous years racing on this course that you are applying to this one and and taking confidence from like knowing you kind of have this or that figured out? Um, I think, you know, at this point, we're all probably just wondering and looking at the forecast, will it be a hot year? Will it be a cool year? Um, And so I think I have confidence knowing that I know how to run it when the weather is ideal. And then I also know how to run it when it's a more hot year. Um, I think I think the biggest thing is just really being the thing that I take away is being really in tune with where I'm at and how I'm feeling during the race. Um, because it's all about just taking care of yourself. So if you're paying Mm. attention and doing the proper things to take care of yourself throughout the race, then hopefully you can be running strong at the end. And that's always the goal. One thing I'm curious to talk about more is uh, having AGW as a coach. I mean, when I think of people in the sport, he has basically a PhD in Western States. I mean, I think he has at least 10 finishes. He's been a top performer in years. He knows that course better than anybody. Can you give us some insight into what he has incorporated into your training to get ready for this race? Um, I think it's, I mean, we're still less than a year of working together. So I, I think that the cool part about the transition has been bringing his experience to my experience, like blending the two experiences where I kind of know the training that has worked for me. And then he has the training, his, his philosophies behind training and then his philosophies in training for Western States. So I think, I think it's been 
a, a pretty cool thing just to see the two, I guess, brains like put together and the two experiences or the two, his wealth of experience and then my my gathering experience, but putting all that together has been pretty cool. Very cool. I do want to ask you a couple non-Western States questions just because we haven't had you on the podcast yet. The first being, we talk with a lot of folks who are from the Boulder area, from the Portland, Oregon area, Salt Lake City, Flagstaff. I haven't had anybody in the, on the podcast yet from Idaho in the Pocatello region. So can you paint a picture of what the trail running scene is like there and, and uh, yeah, like what the landscape looks like and, and where you run and who you train with, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, so Pocatello, um, we're just like two and a half hours north of Salt Lake City. And then I feel like we're in a little hub where we have mountains all around us. And and I have mountains in my backyard here, but like our 12,000 foot peaks are just an hour and a half away. Um, You know, obviously the Wasatch Range is super close. The Tetons are super close. Um, My house is like, I can just go right across the street and get on a trail. And then I always joke, I mean, Pocatello is not very big, but I mean, Luke Nelson lives here. So pro runner there, Cody and I, um, we're, we're obviously there are good trails here. Um, but I, I kind of joke that we have more moose around here than people on the trails. So it's just, we can get true single track. We can get into the mountains and you can feel pretty alone. Um, so that's, that's obviously the little secret I like about our, our trails. You mentioned Cody. I'm curious, what is it like having a partner who is not just an elite runner in the sport like you, but also getting ready for the same race in two weeks at Western States? Yeah, I'd say for the most part, it's really good. Um, as long as, you know, like if an injury or a bad workout or something, it's like we have to be super mindful of, you know, like don't, you know, interfere with the other's mojo. Um, but I would say like, just especially with how focused we get for Western States, it's a huge advantage because uh, maybe just for our relationship in the sense of we can be out camping and like we're camping at a place specifically because we're going to run there the next day. And his training is kind of opposite of my training. So he'll support me on a long run. I'll support him on a long run. And then, I mean, just recently we've been heat training. So here we were down in California, running in down jackets together, you know? So, so I feel like huge advantage in the sense of just being able to do a lot of that together or at least support one another and then understanding what the other one's going through while having to be mindful. You know, like I remember last year, you know, like your nerves are coming up and it's like, I don't want to put my nerves on Cody or interfere with his race preparation. So it's, it's keeping some of that stuff in check, which normally is good. Well, one last thing I wanted to cover in this interview is the fact that you've done such an excellent job, I feel like, on social media of promoting uh, mental health awareness in our sports. So can you talk more about that and and why it's important? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, so I'm an occupational therapist by trade. And when I was going to grad school, I did my thesis on a mental health topic. I did a 12-week rotation in a mental health facility. So it's just, it's been something that I've kind of grown with professionally. And then, you know, I think just as we all get into the real world, have our own experiences with depression or anxiety. And then, you know, I mean, obviously some people have PTSD or other, you know, more serious conditions, Mm. but um, so, so I feel like it's kind of turned into, I mean, personally, I have depression and, um, you know, just have low moments and, 
I feel like I have battled the stigma against myself of like, I should be stronger or I should, you know, I shouldn't need medication or whatever, um, where I feel Mm. like bigger than the trail is a organization that reached out to me several years ago. And it was just an organization that I really came to love and just love their mission. And that, that kind of just helped me maybe develop or, or discover that I had a platform that I could kind of utilize and share my experience and normalize and, and help them in their journey to reduce stigma. Um, and I, I think, you know, I have so many friends that found running to get away from their anxiety or to get away from a substance abuse issue or whatever. Um, and then I think, you know, the flip side of it, how running can maybe add the, like, like for me personally, I battle with is running tied to my self-worth and how to, how to take away from that and like rediscover who I am outside of running while still loving running and, and enjoying the process and all that stuff. So I think there's just so many stories that running and mental health can just be intertwined. I definitely want to have you on the podcast again at a future date to talk more about this in length. But, uh, basically in this moment just wanted to thank you for your advocacy and what you do because obviously it's a critical conversation and there's so many folks in our sport who who deal with it and use this sport as an outlet to um just live a healthier lifestyle as a result so that's awesome just a couple more questions the first is do you have a mantra for race day like are you somebody who when the going gets tough during a race you have some like one liner that you use to bring yourself back to the moment and into focus Um, not a specific mantra per se, but I, I definitely use counting and then the counting can kind of go into a mantra. So like so many races, if I'm just like dying to get, you know, mile, you know, a mile behind me or a mile closer to an aid station, I'll, I'll count like one, two, three, you can do this and just kind of repeat that and time it with my breath. So I feel like that, and I use that with like hard workouts where it's like when I'm focusing on pain or something like that. I can re, you know, distract myself and count. Maybe sometimes it's mindlessly counting, but it's at least giving myself a purpose. So that's that's what I use most often. Cool. Uh, we talked about your coach AJW. What does your kit look like for race day? Like, what shoes are you running in? What gear are you using? Talk about that. Well, so um, Nike Trail, obviously. So we have these lovely flashy neon yellow kits this year um shoes nike has been working i mean maybe maybe the astute followers have noticed some shoes that they didn't recognize in the past years at western states um so we have our ultra fly uh shoe trail racing shoe i think coming out soon but i have the updated version of that so i'll be racing in that this year and that's a carbon plated shoe, correct? Yes. Is it being pitched as like the super shoe of our sport? Like in the same way, there's like the alpha flies for road and stuff like that. Right. That was the idea behind it. From my knowledge anyway, it was okay. The, um, <clears throat> yeah, the next percent, the alpha fly, like those obviously are fantastic shoes on the road. So how can we figure that out for trails? And then, I think the other part about it too was specifically for Western states, like a net downhill course. How can you kind of buffer the quads in that net downhill so that you can run fast at the end? Which that's has awesome. Seemed to well, be that's going to be <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's going to be another really cool storyline for Western states: the impact of those Nike shoes. But 
Anyways, Brittany, it has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We will be avidly following your race uh, in a couple days here at Western States. And yeah, thanks for just coming on the pod and, and giving us a preview. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before you leave, if you are a new listener, I have a favor to ask. Could you leave a rating and review of this show in your podcast player? If you could, it would mean a lot to me because it helps more passionate trail runners like yourself discover the show. Regardless, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with many more interviews around Western States. Until then, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast. <laughs>